0: Salutations and welcome to another edition of the Native Immigrants Podcast. I'm your host, Swami Barakas, and as always I'm joined by my co-host, Jojo underscore B. What's going on, Jojo B?
1: I'm all good, thank you. How are you?
0: You know, what? I am not bad, and you know why? Why? Because it's a big day today. What is it? Today is our anniversary.
1: <gasps> Happy anniversary!
0: And to you too, bro. And to you too. Bro. You're my brother, isn't it? Bro. You're my brethren. You're my brethren for life. Get me, fam.
1: We were brethrens before we were lovers.
0: Yeah, so we're brothers because there's a combination of brethren and lover. So you're my brother. Oh my god. Big up my brother. <laughs> my brother all day, every day, fam. I think we coined a new phrase. B r o v e r, a brother. That's that's when you know you're like, you're like, sometimes because you say to me all the time that you know I'm your best friend as well as your lover. You know And I'm always like No because I've got friends You know You're my wife
1: Yeah but we were friends first We were friends way before We became anything else
0: Yeah but we Obviously we socialise As well together So you're my So you are my brethren In one way yeah. And you're also my lover Because you're my wife Yeah So you're my brother Oh my god Hashtag brother If you two are married To the love of your life Who's also your best friend They are now your brother <laughs>
1: Copyright than immigrants
0: yeah exactly we've given you a may <laughs> we've given you brother you know what society you are welcome
1: yeah we're just coming up with a whole new language
0: yeah i think one day you know we'll be looked at as like these
1: influential uh zeitgeisty people
0: do you remember like bill and ted on on the film you know in the future they become this like kind of demigods because they made world yep. peace because of their music you think in years time, there'll be like our faces on like Mount Rushmore kind of style on the end of a... It'd be
1: like Shakespeare. We just change language.
0: Yeah. You know, slowly kind of into people's everyday... It's the dream. It Make it the... happen,
1: people. Make it happen.
0: Make it happen. We'll start now. Get your brothers together and celebrate. So, brother. Brother man, today is our anniversary. We've yeah. actually dropped the show on our anniversary day. How
1: many years is it, love?
0: It is four years.
1: Well remembered.
0: Four years of pain.
1: Do you know why he remembers? Because when we got married, the World Cup started.
0: World Cup did And now start.
1: it's World Cup year, so he knows it's four years. That's why he knows.
0: So all those people who are also having their weddings during this year will also <laughs> go through the same grief that I did, you know, having to share my, inverted commas, special occasion with a tournament that I watch religiously every four years as well.
1: But FIFA did us a favour. During our wedding. Did they? Yeah, they shifted the England match, remember? Because oh it was my meant God. to be during like our reception. Yeah. And they shifted it to the night before.
0: <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> FIFA just knows, isn't it? They know. They know. know. Yeah. They know. Uh so we yeah, we we lucked out that way because we got a chance to watch the England game and also have our reception the next day. Um but today's show, if you listened to last week's show, we hope you did. Yeah you'll have heard uh, the first half of our wedding journey, you know?
1: The road to getting married.
0: Yeah, the road to getting married in general, but also the road that we took uh, in the steps of getting married. Um, so thank you to everyone that listened to the show last week. I want to big up every week, Dan. Is a, a an ardent listener of ours, and he listens every single week, and he gives me feedback every single week. He's Extremely brilliant, positive. Yeah, thank you so much, added up and without fail. He always says, "Amazing show, loved it," and he talks about all the specific parts of the show that really interested him, that he really enjoyed. You know. That's what we love, you know, we want interaction, we want discussion, and we love our loyal listenership.
1: Thank you very much.
0: And he's a very loyal listener, so big up Adedapa Dan. But you know what, there's so much that we can talk about, about things that are happening this week, and stuff that we've been up to. But you know what, this is going to be a bumper-packed show, because we're really going to focus on everything that went down during our wedding.
1: Yeah, because it's wedding season as well.
0: And plus it's wedding season, so...
1: All our invites are in.
0: All our invites are in, yes indeed.
1: We went from no weddings to five weddings within in this a within short this,
0: space of time
1: yeah within the space of like a week
0: yeah it's crazy it's mental yeah give us a bit more of a notice as well people you know we had that plan so we had to shift around for people I know. you know no courtesy in it
1: i know but what can you do eh?
0: you're they're all asian so obviously your organization and all that kind of shit means nothing
1: but we love you all the people that invited us to their weddings we love you really so yes, it's fine we'll absolutely. make our sacrifices for you
0: yeah no we absolutely will uh, but you know what, like I said, we're not, I'd, I'd never say that we're experts on marriage and God stuff, no. you know, so last week, we could have sounded like we were giving a lot of advice. But you know what, that's just the experience that we've had during in, our time in our four years of marriage in our four. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> People are like who are these like obnoxious, pretentious shites telling us about our weddings and our marriage. But you know what, this is just us. If you if you thought we were obnoxious and pretentious, you wouldn't listen to our show because we are that every week. This so, is true. So,
1: just from our experience, what well, and, and our opinions, basically, you don't have to take our advice. You don't have to agree with our opinions. That's up to you. It's fine.
0: But at the same time, I wish some people had said this stuff to us when we were going through the whole wedding process.
1: No one told us anything.
0: Yeah. And that's what you're going to hear on this show. (laughs) So without further ado, Jojo B. Yeah. Let's just continue on from where we last left these intrepid explorers from last week's show. So we just had our roca, for God's sake. Yeah. And we'd uh, spoke about venues and we, you know, discussed the fact that the Gurdwara said no to us. Yep. <clears throat> but we did get the green light from the Iskon temple, the Bhaktivedanta Manor in Watford.
1: Is the Hare Krishna temple.
0: Yes, indeed. Yep. And where do we go from there? So basically, there was a Roka, Yeah. But both sides of the family were like... You know, it's, we still need an official engagement.
1: Well, as I explained last week, Aroka is where you, the girl side go to the boy side. I wasn't actually meant to be there because traditionally the bride doesn't go to the house at that point, but I went because I lived up the road. So it was like, it makes no sense. And plus I got to see my mum and dad after weeks of them being in Newcastle and me being in London. Um, so, you know, this is the point where the girl's side go to the boy side and we say, don't look for any more girls. Our daughter's the one for your son. Dun, dun. yeah so that that was done, and we didn't know what the hell was going on, yeah, because we so. were still
0: looking at options at that point, and yeah, you get this whole like that all of it a sudden we're
1: betrothed, right, and then, so we're promised to each other, that's not an engagement though, because I didn't get a bloody ring that day, and I wanted a ring
0: and if I liked it enough, I would have put a ring on it, by that point, I didn't like it that much,
1: and then you had no choice
0: and yeah, so I went from not liking to married it's a it's a quick step in our household as you can see
1: see this is this is my life this is what i put up with the romance that i get from my husband i didn't like you and then i had to marry you and now i just deal with you i'm a saint really well it's mutual so screw you anyway so i was like right when when am i gonna get my ring now because if we're gonna get married i want a bit of sparkle and uh so then that led on to us having to have an official engage- engagement. Yes. Uh so obviously
0: uh we had to repay the favour from your side. Uh the roca was in London. Yeah. The official engagement was in Newcastle. Yes, it was. You know, so um so we obviously we planned this uh trip, this journey, this Voyage to fucking Newcastle, uh, which was in November. Less of the fucking, thank you very much. Less of the fucking?
1: Yeah, no fucking Newcastle, just amazing Newcastle. Um, A May Newcastle. Yeah, well. Um, Yeah, it was in November. It was in November, absolutely.
0: Uh, But before then, obviously, we had to get a couple of rings.
1: Well, I had to get a ring, you didn't need one. What? You didn't. My mum said, oh, we have to put something on his hand if she's putting something on your hand. That's what my mum said, so we had to get you something, but really... What the fuck? It's meant to be about me.
0: It did end up being all about you that period. Did because it? It was very much. Nothing this is, was about me. Let's let's uh. Let's, we'll
1: come let's, to that later, though.
0: Well, yeah, we'll come to that point later. But it was at this point that I found out that JoJo B is in fact a potential bridezilla because what? it because all of a sudden it did all become about JoJo B. I want this kind of ring. This is the kind of stone that I want. I want this color of ring. I'm not expecting anything less. I don't. No, want anything listen. Less. Yeah,
1: you're making me sound like some kind of gold digger, and I am not that. I was perfectly reasonable. You wouldn't be with
0: me if you were a gold digger. I'm <laughs> well, now. Exactly.
1: So I was perfectly reasonable. I was like, I don't want a ring that's going to cost like ten thousand pounds and that I'm going to be scared to wear at the house. So number one, I was like a reasonable budget. We've got a life to live after this. Mm-hmm. I just want something that looks nice. Number two, I like diamonds. I really do. But I prefer coloured stones. So that was one thing that I wanted. I just wanted something that stood out a little bit. So that's what I asked for. Mm -hmm. And then number three, I was like, should I just come with you so that it makes life easier?
0: Yeah, because no doubt (laughs) I would have gone, because we've already been through this and the kind of choices and the tastes that I had and rings that I would have potentially looked at, you vetoed all of them. So it's They were all lovely,
1: but they're like, I just have a specific type of taste. Exactly. It's not an expensive taste. It's just like slightly quirky. That's all.
0: So because of that, I thought, you know what, just to make sure that there's no issues later on, let's just do this process together and go look at the rings together. Yeah. And so that way there's no chupples at the end of it.
1: And to be honest, I'm a brilliant fiancé at that time, wife now. I, <laughs> I found, I, I sourced the person that would be able to... Provide the type of stone that I wanted and well, stuff. Well, okay,
0: let's, let's get to that first. Because um, not only does Jojo B have a very quirky taste, she's got a very specific taste <laughs> and a very rare taste.
1: Can't help it.
0: So what she was after, she was after a sapphire. hmm But she was after a purple sapphire. Yes, I was. Now, for those who don't know, purple sapphires aren't that easy to come by.
1: Yeah, you won't find them in, like... A lot of jewellery shops. I mean, even, so we went to Hatton Garden to get ours. And even on some of the, in some of the shops in Hatton Garden, they were like, purple sapphires aren't a thing. They don't exist. Yeah. I was like, how are you (laughs) jewellers? How do you run a business without knowing, without knowing that other stones than diamonds and emeralds and normal sapphires exist? Yeah. And we came across some people who knew their shit. Ta-da! I have the ring that I want today.
0: Yeah, I remember on that day, we actually found two places that did purple sapphires. Two different rings from two different places. Next door to each other. That so. were literally <laughs> next door to each other. And both of them were amazing rings. And we were going between the two places, like literally bargaining off against I loved, each other.
1: I love both of those rings. And I would have happily have had the other one to the one that I've got now. And I wouldn't have any regrets either. I don't have any regrets with the one that I've got. They were both gorgeous. People, can I just say, do not be afraid to haggle. Absolutely. We haggled the shit out of that. And I got the price down by about, I think it was about a thousand pound in the end. Yeah. Somewhere near that. I can't remember. It's a few hundred quid at least. We got that price down. I am not too proud to say that I haggled for
0: for that engagement ring. Just remember people, you know, like Hatton Garden and any of these jewellery shops where there's a number of different jewellers along the same street, Mm. they're very, very competitive. And because of that, they're trying to get your business. Everyone's out for rings. Everyone's out to buy something there. Just be in a position where really they need your business. You don't need theirs.
1: Yeah. And also don't be like, oh, well, my ring costs this much because the cost doesn't mean anything. What you want is quality and quality for the lowest price is the best thing that you can get.
0: And especially if you're going to buy stones, know your stones as well. Know the values oh, of yeah, some of these stones. Your, do
1: your research. Even on diamonds, you've got to know about cut, clarity, and all that other stuff.
0: I didn't know about any of this bakwas. I'm <laughs> not even going to lie. Now I feel like I can just open up my own jewellers and make. Mate, it
1: it. I was I was so looking into doing a gemology course that I could lo- like sell gemstones because that would make me so happy.
0: It would make us very rich too. Yeah. But we found the right stone. Yeah, We found the right ring. Get insurance. Oh, and get insurance as well. Yeah. And also, you know, with rings and with everything in this whole wedding process, try not to break the bank because know your budget, know how much you can really spend on this because you've also got a number of different costs on the run-ups to the wedding and even more so after it. So just remember what you can allow yourself to budget for a specific purpose, i.e. the ring. And try not to go crazy over it. If, you've, if you're if you with a girl that's saying, I want a 15 grand ring and that's your entire budget of everything after the <laughs> wedding, she might not be the right person
1: for you. Well, she might be. You just might have to tell her that she has to manage your expectations. Like we knew that we had the wedding to pay for, honeymoon, and then after that we wanted to buy property. So yeah. we knew that there's no point in me buying a 10,000 pound ring if that means we're going to get shitty property at the end of it i'd rather have a home that i can live in that i like a like being in which is what i have now yeah so you just have to kind of be sensible be realistic that's all i would say but you know you don't have to compromise on what you get in the end because if you do shop around and you do haggle a little bit you can get exactly what you want like i did
0: yeah absolutely you know and like i said like prioritize things you know if your whole thing is having an amazing wedding and and going all out for the wedding and then you're going to end up you know staying with your parents then fine you know we were in the process of looking for a property at the same time as organizing a wedding so our priorities were very much making sure that we could afford a deposit towards a property uh, without breaking the bank for our wedding as well as well at the same time you know so think about your costs think about what needs to be prioritized and be sensible
1: Can I also say about us getting engaged? We did it the traditional way with the families. So you lot came up to our house in Newcastle. Um, We didn't have a big engagement party. We just did it at home because I just wanted it to be kind of family affair. Yeah, yeah. it was really intimate. It was lovely. Um, um, But that does mean it kind of takes a surprise element out of it, which had already been taken away by our mums anyway, really, to be fair. But also it takes away the kind of the romantic side of it slightly. So... I know you think that I still harbour some kind of, um, what's the word? Regret or whatever.
0: Bitterness. Yeah,
1: that's the word. I don't. I really don't. But I didn't get a proposal.
0: Unfortunately, you did not. And uh, uh, in my excuse, it's because I was tricked into all those other things. And so by the time it got around to doing a proposal, there was no time for it because we were already married
1: basically yes so, and you know what like as lovely it would as it would have been to hear the words darling will you marry me from from my husband's lips doesn't make a difference i married him in the end anyway do I, you know I mean I, I got what lie. i wanted i
0: can't lie i do regret because before this whole uh you know the meeting of the parents and all this process the thoughts of a proposal and the thoughts of how i'm going to go about it and choosing the rings was in my mind.
1: Ah, oh, really?
0: Yeah, because I uh, didn't know that. Because we'd already realized by that point that you know what, I think we're gonna spend the rest of our lives together because we've been together for you know a year and a bit, but we know known each other for a lot longer. And I think by that point in our life, it was like this is this is life now. Yeah. Um and so obviously you think about these things, but again, once our families got involved, everything else just got negated. And yeah. I think a proposal was like I will get round to it, I'll get round to it. And then it just it never happened because once, our, once a rock took place, a couple of months later, the engagement took place. And then after that, we're organising weddings and functions and all this kind of thing. And I was like, oh my God, I didn't even get a chance to propose properly.
1: Yeah, it's one of those things. I know people who've like, you know, the boys turned up and then they've dropped down to one knee at the front door and stuff. But we're quite private with our romance, I think. We're not ones to like, we don't do PDAs that much yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Not so, anymore, anyway. No, I'm not... Sure that we would have enjoyed doing that in front of our families. No,
0: it would have been a pri if it would if it was a proposal, it would have been a very private occasion, you know, on a holiday somewhere or something or exotic, um, is what I was thinking.
1: Oh wow, that you sounds know. nice.
0: But what's the point now? It's all done, isn't it?
1: Well, there's still the eternity ring to give me. So I told you, man, she's a gold digger. You've got that chance still.
0: Anyway, um <laughs> that's a very long time to come if we even get there. What? Um, so the engagement took place, no frills, we had a lovely little engagement, um, you know, in Newcastle, both the families all seemed very happy, la di da la Um, and then we decided to look into all the organisation for the wedding itself.
1: Oh my God.
0: Uh, Jojo V, Wagwan.
1: It just turned into a nightmare, didn't it? Because I was living in London, I'd been living in London for about 10 years, um, so, me trying to organise stuff in Newcastle was really difficult. Yeah. Um. The London side of things was all this like Hari Krishna Hindu stuff that I didn't have a clue about, so that I left that to you guys. So I was trying really hard to deal with my Newcastle stuff from 300 miles away, and it just started to snowball. Yeah. It turned into an absolute nightmare, um, and it was really stressful. Mm. And I think a lot of women will understand what I'm on about when they say when I say really stressful.
0: <laughs> it was at this point that I decided to have second thoughts on this whole marriage and wedding. Uh, because Georgia B uh, turned into another person completely.
1: Well, let's first up start saying, Right, we started by saying, mum, dad, to both parents, mum, dad, we want to get married in Goa. Yes. We want a quiet wedding with just the immediate family. Let's just go somewhere, go away somewhere because we're going to spend loads of money anyway here. So let's go away somewhere, have a lovely holiday. we we'll would be away in Goa for like two weeks. we get married in the middle of it. A bit of relaxing beforehand, a bit of relaxing afterwards. Perfect. That's all we want.
0: And plus like obviously we've got like decent sized families but really like the most important people to us are our nearest and dearest
1: yeah and i we said you know whoever wants to come they can book we'll tell them which hotel it is they can book a room book their flights and come
0: if they love us enough they'll come
1: yeah but that's what a lot of people do these days you know what the moms are really up for it both moms were like oh yeah okay we could do this this would be nice right the dads no no do you know why because we have to feed every person we've ever met in our entire lives yeah. at this fucking wedding. Yeah. Whether you know them or not doesn't matter. I know them, so I have to invite them and they have to be fed and watered.
0: Yeah. And you know what? The thing with us is that we were just like, well, screw all these people. And we're just going to go ahead and do what we want anyway. But the problem with us and our fucking personalities and characteristics is that we're still very adherent to our families and... And, you know, yeah. you know, that's- But you're the think...
1: first born and I'm the only daughter. So there's kind of like,
0: Yeah, and, uh, there's, there's pressure. We kind of put our foot in and said, no, we want to do it this way. But I don't know. I guess we didn't have just, it in us, did we? Yeah. You know, and I, I kind of feel like, you know, our parents have done a lot for us throughout our lives up to that point. I, there's so many times when my mom and dad have bailed me out financially, being there for me through thick and thin, through so much shit. Yeah. Um. And I just couldn't, I couldn't be that selfish. And I know I should be because it's my wedding. But it is, for me, a family occasion, you know. Yeah. And like I said, both our families have been through very tough times. And they've both been through some real issues. And I couldn't do that to them.
1: Yeah. And for me, mum and dad were paying for our side of it. Um. You know, I've always paid my own way through life. I've paid my own way through university and all that kind of stuff. Moved out of home when I was 21. Moved down to London, got a job, was earning bugger all like literally nothing when I first moved down here but I paid my rent and everything Mom and dad never gave me anything for any of that I always said save my money save that money for my wedding because that's going to be expensive because you know it always is when you're from the girl side um and so you save that money I will make my way through life on my own otherwise and yep. I did so up until I was 30 nothing from my parents I mean other than they brought me up and all that kind of stuff so you know you kind of if they're paying you don't really have a choice
0: yeah no exactly <laughs> um basically yeah um so yeah so we we didn't want to um you know cross any issues with them um we were like fine we're not going to get the go wedding now we regret it and even they say to us oh girl would have been nice wouldn't it yeah well what the fuck now bruv <laughs> do you know what I mean but anyway uh we were like okay fine and so numbers and names. The guest and, list. Yeah. People that we just don't even, I li- literally didn't know half of my guest list. People that, people that literally wouldn't even know my name. Yeah. They're just like, oh, that's that person's son. Yeah. You know. Um, and I know from your side. Oh my God, it was crazy. Just astronomical.
1: So our wedding was in London at the Hare Krishna temple. Our reception was two days later. So we got married on, fri- on Friday the 13th. On the Sunday, we had our reception in Newcastle. It's quite fun doing the trips between and stuff. Um, but we had 450 people.
0: And that's not even that many. When you compare it to like some of these weddings, we've got like a thousand people. It
1: was insane.
0: But still, it was probably 200 people more than it needed to be.
1: Absolutely. you know, Absolutely. And it's not that I didn't appreciate the fact that those people came and made the effort to come to my wedding. They weren't there for me. They were there for my parents, whatever. Um, and they all left us gifts, which was nice. Yeah, um, But... I could have had a smaller wedding. It could have been way smaller. So, I would, my advice there would be: I had screaming matches with my parents. I turned into a banshee. Like I was a completely different person when I was talking about this guest list thing because I was like, "Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this to yourselves? You're, this is your money. You are gonna. Why are you being so crazy with it? Don't do that. Give me some money towards buying a house instead. If you really want to spend the money, yeah. No, we're gonna do this the way that we want to do it. And then came the line. And this is something that many of you might have heard or will hear when you're planning your weddings.
0: And your parents are involved.
1: Yeah. It's not all about you. And that line was used a number of times through different things. Yeah. As many of you know, I'm gluten free. So I have real dietary issues. And I was like, it'd be really nice if we could have like a full menu where I can eat everything. All the veggie stuff be gluten free. All the meat stuff be gluten free. Let's just, you know, let everything be gluten free. No, it's not all about you. We want some more say. Why can't we have some more say? And I was like, but there's so many other starters that we could have. There was a massive list from the, cater- the caterer is Amazing. You could have made anything. Nope. It's not all about you. I think that's where Indian weddings fall down, is that it becomes about everybody else. And that's why the, co- the cost spiral. That's yeah. why we have ridiculously co- priced weddings. Yeah, If it was all about the couple... It might be a bit less expensive, although I do know some brides and grooms who are crazy mm. and want to spend all the money in the world, whether it's theirs or not. Yeah. They want to spend that money because they want to show off to everybody.
0: Well, it's a whole kind of like one-upping on the your other family and extended family and people. And unfortunately, our communities are very much like, oh, did you see what they did at their wedding? We did this at ours. Uh, and did you see what she, had, w- what she was wearing on hers? We did this at ours. You know, and it's always trying to one up on each other. So what
1: about the food? The food was all, wasn't that good. Hmm. Yeah. They, they, they stuffed their faces, full plate. Yeah, Stuff your face, Go then not even go home and say it. At the bloody table, once they take the table, the plates away. Yeah, the food wasn't that good. I didn't yeah. really rate it. Yeah, I didn't really like Did it. Did you see
0: the venue? Oh, they didn't have all, you know, there was no pyros. <laughs> or the DJ was kind of meh. Nah. Or like, you know, the what they were wearing. Look at what they were wearing. They didn't
1: have a sparkling dance floor. None of it fucking matters. <laughs> and again, you know,
0: like people like, okay, I'm not extremely well off. Neither is Jojo B. Neither are our families, no. you know. We stick to what we can afford. And then really our main objective was to make sure we had enough of a deposit for a property in London. And that's not cheap. And so we're not going to break the bank for a wedding and then live in a shed by the time we come back to London. Yeah.
1: If you've got the money and you want to do it, go for it. We're not judging anybody Absolutely. who decides to do it. But what we're saying is, if you come from a more modest background, like we do, yeah. then just be sensible.
0: Exactly. You know, you know? like,
1: don't, don't don't, kill your parents and don't kill yourself.
0: Yeah, and don't over-invite loads and loads of people because all these people cost, the, you know, the price per head of all the dinner and the costs of food, that all factors in. And you're overspending on loads of people of which some of whom don't even turn up, and then you factor them in in the costs anyway, because Asians just don't do RSVPs. And so, you know, by the end of it, you're fucked financially, and you're still paying that stuff off after like 10, 15 years, you know? That's not what marriage or a wedding is about, surely. So, you know, it was an entire nightmare in terms of organization with numbers and with the people we invite, and how we were going to go through the logistics of a London wedding and a Newcastle reception. But
1: there's also, can I just interject there, darling? There will also be with the guest list, family politics,
0: Absolutely,
1: 100% family politics will happen. Whether you come from a happy family or, a, you know, a family where things don't go so well between people, it doesn't matter. There will always be family politics. Be prepared for it. You can't get away from it. Just deal with it, though. breathe. Let it go.
0: Well, we'll be discussing family politics and the actual wedding day after this short break. Welcome back to the second half of the anniversary special of the Native Immigrants podcast. I'm Swami Barakas.
1: And I'm Jojo B. And
0: it's our anniversary today. Yes, it is. So f- before the break, we discussed uh the organization and all the issues that arose uh, with numbers, et cetera, on from the wedding. Yeah. Uh, you know, before the wedding took place. And briefly we can speak about our stag and Hindus. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I had a great time in yeah, Manchester. Um it it wasn't exact I was expecting hopefully to go somewhere in Europe, but again, politics and friends.
1: These things happen, you know, some people can't afford it yeah, and that kind of thing. I think never feel like you have to have some kind of Vegas stag or hen where everyone goes and you stay, you know, five star and all that. Because not everybody can afford that. And that's not fair to put that pressure on them yeah. or on yourself. If that's not what you want to do, do whatever the fuck you want to do for your stag or your hen. Yeah. Have have a good time because it's all really stressful in the run up. This is your time to just kind of relax let let off some steam whatever you need to do i mean within reason but do what you need to do yeah what did you do my love
0: i had a great weekend of debauchery and strippers (laughs) but you know what it was like for me the way i thought about it this is my last hurrah you know without cheating on you i think i'm gonna have uh, a fairly good time um and that's exactly what i did yeah you know so big up all my fellow stags that came out and uh you know, there's a lot of stuff that went down that we can't really talk about on this podcast or any images that we can't really show on social media. But, you know, whatever happens on your stag stays in your stag.
1: Can I can to just say, girls, like, more likely than not, your fella is going to go to a strip club. I know a number of people who've said to me, I'm not going to let him go to a strip club on his stag do. That is not allowed. I will be really angry. It's like he's cheating on me. Now, I went into this with the mind frame. He's going to do this anyway. So I'm just going to be cool with it because it's a strip club. These ladies get paid. They are not going to let a man put their hands on them. It's fine. You know, he's going to have a good time. It's going to be okay. I don't mind. I'm not. And I trust him. I trust him enough to know that, like, yes, he might like looking at boobs or whatever. Who doesn't? And that's okay with me because, you know, I have boobs. And lots of other women have boobs and some women have <laughs> beautiful boobs that even I appreciate. So it's fine. Like I literally, I had no problem with it. I know some people are really uncomfortable with it and they find it really offensive or, you know, it goes against their feminist values and all that kind of stuff. Fair enough. You know, I understand that. I just think that they're going to do it anyway. I know of guys who've done it behind their fiance's back and then their fiance's have found out afterwards, like after the wedding, once they're man and wife and there's so much like, aggro that happens afterwards be honest man if you're going to go to a strip club tell your woman woman if he's going tell him these are your ground rules you know please don't pay her for any other services <laughs> i'm sure that, <laughs> i'm sure that lady won't take it won't do any other services anyway but you know just be sensible but know about it and and hopefully you can trust your man enough to be able to say he's just going to appreciate another woman's body but that's it yeah i for one didn't want to have a male stripper because they make me cringe you know, unless it's Channing Tatum doing it personally, I kind of don't want to go for it. So I'm fine. My friends organized something a bit more to my taste. Yeah. And um, they stepped in because I was really stressed out and I was like, oh, I can't deal with Hindus. No. So they stepped in and did that for me. And that was lovely. What I would say, though, is that I went out clubbing and I hate clubbing and I should have known that I shouldn't have gone out clubbing. Stick to what you want to do. Don't feel like you should do stuff because that's what other people do.
0: Yeah, and 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 don't go for stuff that's the generic stuff that you would definitely, you know, do on a stag yeah. or a hen do and stuff. Just do what you want to do. Yeah. You know? Have a good time. If you're gonna enjoy yourself, enjoy yourself doing the things you want to do.
1: Yeah, if you wanna just have an afternoon tea or whatever, ladies, go for it. Men as well. If you just, if that's what you wanna do, then go an for afternoon it. Afternoon
0: tea with your lads.
1: But why not? If that's what you prefer and that's you don't wanna go to a strip club or you don't want to have you know beer poured down down your throat or whatever then don't do it do what you want to do because it's your time to have a chilled out weekend or day or whatever just before your wedding when you've been really stressed out yeah. so I had a lovely time with my dinner and all the other stuff that I did Um, but <laughs> we just should have ended it there that's what I think I had Love a girly night play. in but that's fine
0: well anyway those those are happy memories happy, it was happy memories the last happy memories I've ever had um, we also had a little engagement party with all our friends uh, and stuff. That was so rude. And um, it was it was great. Apart from the fact they absolutely bucketed down with rain, like tropical rain. And like all <laughs> our friends, a bunch of our friends that were the day before were like, oh my God, I'm so looking forward to this engagement party. Oh my God, I'm so looking forward to it. And then during the night, texted me saying, oh mate, you know, I can't come. I've just like, you know, got an ingrained toenail. And uh, I don't think I can make it Nothing to do with the torrential, rain. No. You know, so half of the people that were supposed to turn up to our engagement party didn't turn up.
1: But it's okay because we still had a good time. This is the thing. You can't let these things get to you. Just enjoy it. Enjoy whatever you can out of the process.
0: Exactly. You know, the people that are going to be there for you will be there for you. And they will enjoy it. And they'll be really happy about you getting married. Unfortunately, at the same time, you know, single friends might not necessarily give you the best response.
1: Sometimes I think people find it hard to be able to be happy for somebody who's at a different point to them. So if you're single and you see your friends are getting married it makes you feel worse about your situation. But you've got to know that those people aren't doing that to make you feel worse about your situation. They're just at a different point in their life and they're lucky to be at that point. So be happy for them. When I was single, I was never anything but happy for my friends who got married. I always really, you know, turn up with a smile, be as supportive as possible, offer my help, blah, blah, blah. Really happy for them. But we found it quite difficult, I think, for us. There was a few people that maybe didn't have that for us. They were a little bit like, oh, but my life's shit, so I'm sorry. I can't really, you know, be happy for you or whatever. Hmm. And I'm like, but your life's not shit. You're just single. Enjoy it. Yeah, Single people enjoy your single time. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, because you never get
0: that time back. Those kind of little, those feelings and those notions and stuff are inside. And you don't have to, you know, reveal them, especially to the person that is getting married. You know, if you're going to have an issue,
1: just keep it to yourself. There's no, there's no problem with having feeling that way like when's it going to be my turn and all that kind of stuff because I can 100% confirm that I felt like that when I was single but try not to make what is a positive for your friend who's probably like I had been I had been like I mentioned through this whole Rishta you know set up through the family kind of process for 10 years before that I'd had a couple of relationships; they weren't so great, and so like I had been through the mill. I had really had, you know, some really shitty times, and my friends had been there and seen that through through that time. So they should ha- they should have been nothing but happy for me that actually that that turmoil in my life had ended.
0: Yeah, and you actually found some light at the end of the tunnel yeah
1: and you know what the majority of my friends were like that the majority of people that we we know yeah, were definitely. 100% 100 happy for us but sometimes i think some people just can't see beyond themselves and their own unhappiness which is unfortunate but such is life
0: such is life indeed um but we'd got past those stages and the run-up to the wedding and it finally came jojo b mm-hmm. to the week of our wedding yes so, obviously, in my end in London, I had functions happening every day at my house, uh, loads of family and friends turning up, lots of enjoyment, loads of food and drink. Uh, what about yourself, JoJovie?
1: So, it took me bloody ages to negotiate the time off from work because they just didn't understand that Indian weddings last for ages. So, that was one hurdle that I had to get over, but eventually they gave me the time off. Um, I was at home in Newcastle and yeah interesting times <laughs> interesting times so you know in the run-up Sikhs or Punjabis generally have you know certain ceremonies that you do and all that kind of stuff So the first thing which is you know a generic Indian thing the mendi.
0: Mm. you get henna
1: put on your hands it's like you know it's a tradition I'm not a big fan of it to be honest I hate it I said to my mom can we just not bother she's like no you have to do it so I was like all right fine Picked a girl who looked like she was really good. There's not many to choose from in Newcastle. So I picked the, not the top expensive one, which I I really wish I had got. Got the next one down from her. And um, she didn't turn up. Oops. Yeah. She, and I was like, I text her and I was like, where are you? And She's like, oh no, I'm supposed to come tomorrow. And I was like, no, you're supposed to come today. We arranged today. This is the date we said today. She's like, oh no, I thought that was Tomorrow. Okay, I'll come tomorrow. First thing, I promise. I was like, all right, fine. She's going to come tomorrow. It's fine. I can deal with this. Tomorrow comes. She texts me. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm in hospital now. I've got some kidney problems. um, So I can't come. And I was like, okay, I'm really sorry about your health problems and stuff. But is there someone else you're going to send? Because it's a business and I'm getting married in like two days. No, nothing. <laughs> nothing. No one came.
0: Oh, dear.
1: So... There's very few pictures of my hands yeah, because I did get Mendy done, but I got it done by the lady who did my threading and she not so good.
0: No, it was almost akin to if a five-year-old had done some Mendy on your hands.
1: My my niece at the time was four. She could have done it much better.
0: Yeah. Respect to your threading lady, but I don't think uh, Mendy was her forte. Um, so there is, yeah, there's not very many pictures of the Mendy during our um, wedding awful. videos and, and so images. Um,
1: oh my God, when I think about it now, it makes me really sad about how awful it was.
0: Yeah, but that was just one of many issues that we occurred during this time. Um, so yeah, so we got past our Mendy uh, and our, we had the BT, which is the where, you know, you have Haldi all over your yeah, face Yeah, you call it Maya. Yeah, I look like a character from The Simpsons by the end of it. Um, and then, Jojo B,
1: mm-hmm.
0: was our wedding day.
1: Yes, it was.
0: So all this shit that we had to deal with and all the politics and stuff that ensued culminated on this day, Yeah. Friday the 13th of June, 2014. So the morning of our wedding, um, I, you know, I had a pretty decent sleep. Um, And I got up and uh, the main thing that I was looking forward to seeing, first of all, was the car, our wedding car that I had done extensive research over.
1: And it was epic.
0: To get the best car for our wedding. And obviously we're quite quirky, but also quite traditional, but also a bit zany. Yeah. But also very old fashioned. Yes. So I thought, let's have an ambassador. For our wedding car.
1: What a car it is.
0: So for those people who don't know, the ambassador was literally the only car in India (laughs) throughout our entire childhood lives. You know, all our family, everyone had ambassadors, which is kind of like an old English car, vintage looking car.
1: It's a beautiful looking car.
0: Absolutely. You watch all the Indian films from the 60s, 70s, 80s, even the 90s. It was the only car. Uh, You know, and plus it was the the taxis in India were all ambassadors, the government vehicles were all ambassadors and every Tom, Dick, Harry and Bablu and Chachu all had ambassadors. So it was very much a poignant car. And the fact is, there's not that many of those left nowadays. And so finding an ambassador in the UK that was also uh, quite Indian-y was very, very difficult, but we managed to find one and uh this person had two ambassadors one had this awesome like red wedding interior inside it it was really, lush yeah really like you know just like eccentric um and, but he also had this kind of white interior which was kind of like quite nice but yeah meh. um so but i said yep we want the red one and he was like absolutely no problem at all day of the wedding the ambassador shows up it's the white interior one it's not the one we ordered And so I ran downstairs and was like, what the fuck? This is not the one we ordered. What the fuck?
1: He's not very good when things go wrong at the last minute, by the way, people.
0: And so the guy was like, oh, but this is the one that was told to me. So I turned up with it. And I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. So I was like, well, there's not much I can do now. There's no point ringing up and trying to change that because we're literally hours away from the actual ceremony. So I was like, fine. There's not much I can do now. We'll just have to go ahead with it. And it was still a beautiful car.
1: It was lovely. It and was... In
0: hindsight, we were both wearing red and and all these kind of crazy colours. And we may have clashed from the interior.
1: Exactly. In the end, it worked out the way it was meant to work out. And, Absolutely. and, and our everything. driver was the best.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Ramsey yes. was our driver. Ramsey. Big up Ramsey. He was an absolute G. Um, but also, at the morning of the wedding. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, so obviously I, I had, um, you know, we'd spoke about it beforehand about the whole barat from our side, turning up together at the wedding and everyone being together. And we'd all come through as a troop. I walked downstairs in the morning of our wedding. No one was there. I asked my mom, where is everyone? My mom said, um, what do you mean? Everyone, where's our barat? Where's everyone together? We all go together at the temple. And my mum was like, oh, I didn't know you wanted that. I've just told everyone to go straight to the temple.
1: Yeah, they were all there when I was there.
0: <laughs> so no one was there for my barat. Uh The t- photography team all turned up. And they asked me, um, where's the Bharat? At that point, I literally didn't have a response for them. And was like, uh, my mum told everyone to go straight to the temple. And the thing is, with my mum, was... I didn't know you wanted this. I was like, "Mom, like surely like Indian weddings, I've seen everyone turn up together to go together." <laughs> and she was like, "But, you know, th- th- you didn't say that's what you wanted." I was like, "Mom, what the fuck?" So we had no one at the house before going to the temple. So when you see the wedding pictures in the wedding video, it's literally just my mom and dad and me stepping out of the house together before we I'm a brother and a couple of other people but we had to leave that out of the the wedding pictures and the images.
1: Yeah, um, it's it is quite sad. It is
0: very sad. <laughs> it's like this empty house like you could have there's tumbleweeds just like gathering <sighs> across the the side of the kitchen. Yeah,
1: it was um it was unfortunate.
0: It was quite tragic. Um, but so you know what? It was an interesting start to our wedding day. Yeah, uh, but I thought maybe you know what? That's the end of our problems, and and I think you know we'll we can we can overcome uh, that. And little actually, did we know. Little did we know. So we turned up to the to the manor. Yeah. And um, you had a little ceremony beforehand.
1: I had to do. Okay, so let me just tell you something. So I hadn't been. I think I'd been to one Hindu wedding before that, and that was like a straight Hindu wedding. It wasn't a Hare Krishna wedding. And no, I've been to two. Sorry. So there would be one in my family and then there's one that your mom took us to uh, like the month before, which wasn't a Hare Krishna wedding. And I went there and everybody was leaving as we arrived. and I was like, oh, my God, we've missed the wedding, mum!" And she was like, no, no, don't worry. I don't think we have because the timings, you know, we're not that late. Don't worry. We went in and everybody was rushing out because the food had been announced. Yeah. And in the middle of the ceremony. And so I turned to mom and I was like. Is this what our wedding's going to be like? And she was like, no, no, no. It's not like this at the temple. Don't worry, don't worry. The man is different. The man is different. I was like, oh my God. Because people talked all the way through.
0: Yeah, there was so the, the actual fair hours were all happening. And when you looked out into the crowd, everyone was just chatting amongst each other. All the men had gone off to the pub. Uh, all the women were having like mothering conversations all to each other. had run
1: downstairs to be the first ones to get food.
0: Yeah. As soon as the food was announced, everyone left. It was like a stampede. Um, so, you know, my fear was this is exactly what's going to happen at our wedding. But um, I'd been to the temple before and it's a lot more intimate in the Hare Krishna yeah, temple. Yeah, it's a
1: bit more um, sensible there. So, <laughs> um, but uh, when I got there, I had no idea what was going on. So we had to do a uh, bu- puja. Which one is it? Ganesh it's puja? Gun-
0: yeah, Ganapati puja. Yeah.
1: So we had to do that. And me, my mum and my dad like, oh, no idea what's going on here. <laughs> <laughs> but thankfully our priest was amazing And he talked us through it all And like it was really lovely
0: Yeah Big up Anirudh who was the priest on that day And you know I've got this thing with wedding priests um, You know because in that wedding that we went to the month before Was quite similar to a lot of wedding priests we've seen in the, in, in the past That I've seen in the past Where they end up taking over and Oh yeah it, it's all about them It's all about them And it's you know they, they almost talk t- at you rather than to you you know, and everyone in the in the room is almost like disobedient children. If you see somebody talking, it's like, you know, they start scolding you. And oh, yeah. I've seen these guys start shouting at people in the yeah. audience for talking. Yeah. And then, like, lecturing them about what marriage is and, like, how dare you went during this whole process. And it's like, it can be quite awkward. Fair enough, you shouldn't be talking, but it's not it doesn't end up becoming a one man show which is what it ends up being with some of these guys yeah you know and so i was just i was extremely hesitant at having anyone like that for my wedding i just wanted someone that was going to explain the process to the people in the audience especially cuz half of the family will be Sikh and they will be Punjabi so won't know what a hindu wedding process is like sometimes and just to explain to them you know in literally in layman's terms what's going on and it'll enable them to enjoy the occasion that much yeah, more
1: cuz i had I had no briefing beforehand to explain what everything was. So I just had to go along with it as he was telling me. Yeah. And so he kind of explained what to do at this puja, so did it. And then I got I got left to sit in that room and my mom and dad were like, you know, all our side have turned up, now the coaches have turned up, so we've got to go. So I sat there on my own. In a box. Yeah, my bridesmaids nowhere to be found. I was like, oh, they're stealing shoes. It's fine. No, they weren't stealing shoes. They weren't stealing shoes. They didn't steal the shoes.
0: Yeah. Your bridesmaids and your entire side of the family were pathetic.
1: They were terrible. They really let me down in that sense. And I was very disappointed with them because not only were they not keeping me company and they weren't they weren't stealing your shoes. So I don't know what the fuck they were doing.
0: Absolutely not. We made sure we did a military style position to make sure that our, uh, the shoes, the groom's shoes... Uh, which um, if you know about Indian traditions in weddings, you steal the shoes from the groom's side and they have to give you money to get the shoes back.
1: It's like my my sisters, so like my cousins or my friends or whatever, would steal his shoes and hold them for ransom so they could get some money out of him.
0: Yeah. Not only did they not even attempt to do that, but the one time that they did, they asked one of my aunties, uh, do you know where these shoes are? And so my auntie was like, I'm going to fucking tell you that shit. I'm from the groom side.
1: <laughs> pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. Sorry girls, but you were rubbish. Um so then I found out about this afterwards. Mm. So I was like, "Well, where the hell were they? Why was I sitting on my own? I sat on my own in this room. Mm. No idea." And I was freaking out because I'm not one for one in attention. I don't like people looking at me. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to stand on a stage and and love it. That's not my style. Um so here I am, just like freaking out slowly. Oh my God, I'm going to fall over when I walk in. Oh my God, this is going to go wrong and that's going to go wrong. All these things go around and around in my head. Every now and again, someone would come in and just pop their head in and go, all right, okay, yeah, fine, bye, bye. And that's it. Yeah. I was hungry. I was really thirsty. It was really bloody hot that day. No one bought me any water.
0: <laughs> yeah, we lucked out with the weather during that day. But the problem with that was, was because it was a smaller room and it's almost like 150, 200 people in there. And it was 30 degrees and humid. And it was really hot. Um, yeah. So I, by this point, I'd actually come into the room, sat down, waiting for Jojo B. Jojo B eventually turned up by herself because uh, no one accompanied her no, on the did. way in. My brother, no um, bridesmaids, no brothers, nada.
1: Well, my brother was supposed to walk with me, but ended up walking behind me because he was holding my niece's hand because she was too shy to be my flower girl and actually walk ahead of me. So she's standing there looking lovely. With a lovely bouquet and stuff that I'd organised for and everything. But she hid. She didn't want to go in. So he had to hold her hand. So there was, then my sister-in-law was standing next to me. But then because it was so narrow, she had to walk behind me as well. So really. And then I don't. I literally still don't remember the walk.
0: Yeah, from, she bopped in like a Usain Bolt on the last 10 metres of a 100 metre run.
1: I had no memory of that walk until I saw the video. And even now, I don't remember it. I just know that it happened because I saw the video. I was so nervous. I was so scared.
0: So nervous, yet not very elegant. Um, so what do people, you mean I wasn't
1: very elegant because he just
0: ran into the I just, room.
1: I walked in and I wasn't really thinking. Walked
0: I, is an understatement.
1: Yeah, well, maybe I should have paced it, but because I didn't, wasn't in my mind at all—not even in my right mind, just not in my mind at that point. I didn't know what I was doing, so my body just did what I wanted to do.
0: The the lesson to be learned here with everything that we're talking about in the run up to the wedding and the morning of the wedding itself is just make sure you know what you're doing. Do some research. Practice. Have everything in place beforehand if you're going to have people turn up at your house tell everyone i want everyone to turn up at this time at my house at this morning and we all go together and uh just make sure you know what you're doing i keep getting told by my mum about the wedding well you were there for your cousin's wedding in 1992 so you should know what to do (laughs) i was fucking like 12 13 at that point i don't remember shit you know so like you need some help from people around you to explain what needs to be done before the wedding, during the wedding, and just after it.
1: I would have known exactly what to do at the goddaughter. Hmm. I had absolutely no idea what was going on. And I think that's what added to my nervousness. Nobody had, nobody had briefed me. No one had explained anything to me, how it works, which way I was going to walk, how I was going to walk. They made me walk up some stairs. And then down these other stairs so I could make, like, some kind of entrance. And there was no one there to see my bloody entrance walking down these stairs. So they just added to my, like, my nerves and my anxiety by making me do this walk down some bloody stairs. There was just, there was no one in there. Everyone was in the room. So what was the point? Yeah. You know, like, just these things you just need to be briefed on. And because we're usually the people who are, like, the ones who organise stuff and kind of make sure that things go the way they're supposed to... um, and we were the ones who were getting married. So we couldn't be in control of that at that point. No one else took the reins.
0: No one else took the reins. So we had some of your family sitting on our seats and some of our elders having to sit on the floor because uh, younger people from your side were sitting on our side. And there was people like trying to find comfort within that room. Well, and there wasn't was a...
1: someone from your side trying to sit in the front row where your mom should have been sitting?
0: Yeah. That, and then basically she was like, oh, we'll just let that person sit there. And then everyone was like, no, you're the groom's mother. You should be sat at the front. Just a complete chaos of organisation of where people are supposed to sit you know so when my younger brother got married afterwards we made sure we were there running around put, doing the organisation for we it we put
1: stickers on the on the seats yeah. we did like we did all of that stuff we made sure that no one sat in the wrong place absolutely we not we ushered people to the floor if that's where they were meant to be because there's not enough room for everyone to have seats in that in the temple hall so you know some people have to sit on the floor and it's uncomfortable because it's a wooden floor in the good one, at least you get carpet but this place has got a wooden floor so it's kind of uncomfortable mm. but You just have to grin and bear it and deal with it, I think.
0: Exactly. Um, So, you know, we eventually, everyone got sat down. We'd eventually sat down ourselves. uh, And then our wedding took place.
1: (laughs) And then what happened in the middle of the ceremony, babe?
0: So, um, (laughs) during the middle of the ceremony, everything was actually, you know what, for the first time, everything was actually going okay. Yeah. Everything was running to schedule. Everyone sat down. Everyone, the timings were all correct. Everything was running according to schedule. And then halfway through... Just before the firas, the fire alarm went off. So we both sat there. Um, you know, and the, the thing is, it happened, it, the fire alarm was going on outside of the room. But for some reason at the Hare Krishna temple, they kept letting people in the room to worship the deities.
1: Not people who were invited us to our wedding. Random people who thought it was okay to talk through our wedding.
0: Yeah. So these, as these people were walking in and out of the room... The the door was left open and all we could hear was the fire alarm. And if you see our faces during this wedding video, you couldn't see more Mardi Stern faces. Oh
1: my God, the look of death that I give to someone who must have been behind the camera, but I'm looking straight into the camera when I do it. Just this fury that was inside of me dur- during my wedding ceremony. How dare somebody walk into my wedding ceremony, distract me from my lovely happy day where I was marrying my love in front of all the people that I love and someone walks in and leaves the door open while the bloody fire alarm's going off and I just turn into pure anger. My yeah. face is pure pure anger
0: yeah there was a lot of rage but we had to control it and keep it inside <laughs> us so all <laughs> can you could see now. yeah we can laugh about it now and even then we kind of thought okay the fire alarm's gone off but hopefully when the when we get the videos back we won't get a chance to hear it and it and, and it will act like nothing happened and obviously then we got the wedding videos back and you can hear the fire alarm during the ceremony and we're oh, like yeah. for fuck's sake so you know Everything that was going wrong up until that point, that could have gone wrong up until that point, was going wrong. But we managed to get through the wedding ceremony. There's no point us going into detail. You know Indian weddings. You walk around the fire a few times. You know, the brother helps the sister across a few times. You say your little vows to each other, etc. And then you're pretty much married.
1: Yeah. And it was, despite all of this stuff that was going on, it was such... A lovely ceremony. It was really
0: beautiful. And, you know, I'm not one for weddings and I'm not massive on all this, you know, the the hoopla that goes on during a wedding and, you know, all the traditions and stuff that happen with it. But, yeah, maybe I'm a little biased. But our wedding ceremony itself, apart from all the buquas, was actually really, really beautiful. It was really nice. You know, and I'm really glad that we had a priest that was able to explain everything to people in you know as simply as they as it could because there was a lot of different nationalities within that room so you had hindus sikhs christians muslims um everyone you know from all parts of our family and everyone understood what was going on and everyone really enjoyed it and we still hear to this day people telling us you know what we absolutely loved your ceremony and uh, occasion because it was just so intimate and just you know
1: can i just say on a sunny day the manor is a glorious place to be
0: absolutely you know i I couldn't recommend the manor enough in that way yeah um you know because they were really accommodating and um helped us out through the process through the day
1: and we were well fed the food was good
0: great food they grow
1: all the vegetables on site they use the milk that the cows provide from within the manor um it's all so it all tastes it tastes like it's being produced with love yeah so it's lovely um we had our photos taken. Mm-hmm. It's nice. And then we came to the dolly. Oh dear. So now my dolly, right? Usually what the dolly is is where the girls when the bride's side finally kind of wave goodbye to their to the bride. Um and it's usually done from the bride's home. So if it had been if we'd had our wedding in Newcastle, everyone would have come back to our house. My side would have come back to our house, sit there for a bit, then the groom and his family turn up, like his close family, they turn up to kind of take away the bride. And make her theirs, finally. Very emotional. But because we were like 300 miles away from my home, we just did it from the temple. But there was nowhere for me to go at that point. So what I had to do, what we had to do, was just take a quick jaunt around the car park and come back again. So (laughs) I'm like, I am not crying. Like Everyone cries at their dolly, You know, you're leaving your family, you're no longer a member of that family, symbolically. So, you know, it gets really sad. And I was like, I'm going around the car park and there's no... There's no need for me to cry. I'll be back again in two minutes to see them off. I can wave them off when they go on the coach. Um, but no. No. I got in a car and I saw my dad well up and I was gone. I was absolutely, that was it. I was gone. Yeah. And then all my family. So as you're sitting in the car, your family comes up and says goodbye, gives you a hug and stuff. And I was in absolute tears. And it was one of the most upsetting points of my, it's like, you know, it's really sad. It was a really happy time, but it was so sad that I wasn't now... I was no longer part of that family. I I am, you know. Obviously, you always are. But, like, symbolically, I'd left the family, finally. They'd all been pushing me for years to get out of the family. But it was really sad.
0: It was really sad. But also semi-tragic, because... We were literally just going to go around the car park and come back again. So he would not see us almost I know. 10 minutes later.
1: But it looks really good on the video. But also like whenever I think about it, I get really sad. Whenever I go to other people's dollies now, I get really sad. And when I was younger, I used to see people crying. I'd be like, why is everyone crying? Like I said to my mom, I was like, you don't even know it that well. Why are you crying for? And she's like, my auntie took me to one side once and said, you won't know what it's like until you get married. Once you know, then it just brings it all back and you cry every time. And I was like, I'm that person now.
0: Mm, you are a soppy
1: sap i am i am and it was really it was really sad like you know i see my mom and dad every few months now and so and i talk to them every day and it's like i i'm part of my family still but i'm not at the end of the day as well
0: I don't know. I don't think anything has changed from before you were married till after you were married when it comes to your side of the family. You lived in London 10 years before you got married. You're still in London and you still speak to your family you just, men, after the marriage. Just men won't before.
1: ever understand. They will never understand what it means to, to do that bit of the wedding. No,
0: probably not. But then, you know, I had to say goodbye to my parents. I had to move out of home and get my own place.
1: 10 minutes away. We live 10 minutes away from your mom and dad. You know, it's just coincidental.
0: You know, just out of convenience, it just ended up being that way.
1: Anyway, so the wedding happened, few minor glitches, I guess, but it all went off overall very well, lovely day, happy, happy memories for us. Yeah. Um, It's just a day full of love with our family. Um, And then fast forward two days later to Newcastle and the reception.
0: Reception in Newcastle. So obviously there were minor glitches, but for me, they were all things that went wrong on the day and i was a little bit not angry but just a little bit like
1: oh no he was angry so was i these things happen though and you just have to let them go afterwards don't you yeah i think in hindsight
0: absolutely in hindsight and stuff it was probably things that i could have let go but you know you want your wedding day to go absolutely perfectly and smoothly without any issues and uh the lesson to be learned is that's not always the case Things will go wrong on the day.
1: I think it's very rarely the case. So just be prepared that things won't happen the way you want them to happen. Yeah. But they will happen. As long as the wedding happens, it's okay.
0: Yeah, exactly. As long as you're married at the end of it and not a massive fight between both sides, then I think it's all right on the night. Exactly. Uh, The reception took place two days later, Sunday, June the 15th in Newcastle. And you know what? It was an amazing occasion.
1: It was. And you know what? It was organised very, very well by my lovely friend, who is a wedding planner, who was like, I can do this for you, don't worry about it. And he did. He sorted it all out.
0: Yeah, he did. But just before that, I will actually mention the fact that, um, so we went to your house the day before to drop you off, because obviously the reception is happening the next day. Yeah, we had like a
1: mini party the night before. I drank a whole bottle of champagne. night before the reception classy <laughs> i went to sleep at four o'clock in the morning as well yeah.
0: i on the other hand met up with all my mates and we watched the england game but before that i did drop you off and your sisters said right we're gonna steal your shoes now and i was like
1: yeah well
0: you dudes didn't even bother trying on the actual wedding day what makes you think i'm just gonna hand over my trainers yeah but they were like we're not gonna let you in uh well i said well, i'm just come to drop jojo b off so i don't need to come in but they were like, no, no, you have to, and you have to come in, and we have to steal your trainers.
1: Do you know why that is? It's because the one cousin who knew what to do hadn't been able to make it to our wedding day because she's a nurse and had, had to do her nursing duties. So she was there for the weekend, though. And so she was the one who would have stolen your shoes at the temple. And that's why she was like, right, I'm going to do it now instead.
0: I Would have is a, is a strong word. Might have potentially oh, no, come would've. close to. She would have. We had a military-style operation on our side. We know our shit. <laughs> But um, but I was like, look, you can take these trainers um, uh, and then I'll come back from tomorrow. So they stole my trainers. And so I then ended up walking around in my socks through most of Newcastle that night. But I was like, meh, if this is the best you guys can offer, then I think I'll have a plain sailing of a marriage. Um, So the reception happened the next day and an amazing occasion. It was, it was really fun. And you know what? It was with all the stuff that was going on up until the wedding and all the issues and family politics... And the problems that happened on the day of the wedding, it just all culminated on this reception day.
1: And the reception day wasn't without some faults. Things kind of went off schedule and, you know, like we... Had to add in this whole extra thing where, you know, you, people give you money. They give you, like, a sucker and you sit there and you then they give you money as you sit there on the stage. It lasted way longer than it should have done, yeah. you know. And, like, what can you do? It's just out of our control.
0: But we did pay for the stamp duty for our house. So exactly. thank you very much, everyone.
1: Exactly. Like, those people were generous, generous enough to give us that much money that we were able to fulfil our stamp duty duties. Um, so that was fine in the end. Like, things happen again like nothing goes to plan nothing yeah. goes 100% to plan my friend who's the wedding planner was like like we really need to hurry this up now and so he kind of got on top of things and sorted it out done
0: yeah absolutely um and you know it was a great occasion we had dandia on the reception dance floor to accommodate all the Gujarati side we had loads of bhangra for all the Punjabi side and it was great because you got two cultures coming together at this one place and all mixing just so awesomely and I think that occasion was probably the probably the happiest day of my
1: life. Oh.
0: You know, up until Liverpool win the next European Cup, hopefully next season. But let's see. Fingers crossed, people.
1: Thanks for ruining it. Thanks. Um,
0: but it was a, an awesome occasion.
1: Fun times. Happy memories. They bring a smile to my face when I think about them.
0: Absolutely. You know, and it brings a smile to all our family's faces as well. Every time we rewatch the wedding video and look back at moments and, yeah, it's just, it's a, it's an awesome time. And I think that's the thing with weddings and and those occasions is, you know, the memories you have will last a lifetime. And you've always got them to cherish and to look back on. Um, but the future is the most important thing, you know. Marriage is the most important thing. And that occasion is great. And it's, a, and it's great to look back on and uh, reminisce. But your marriage is what will be the biggest memory for you going forward. And I think that's what's most important and ensuring that your marriage is the most precious thing.
1: Yeah. Just know that, you know, it's like one day or one weekend or one week of your life that is your wedding and it's great and it's lovely to have a good time and, you know, and like you said, have those memories, but you've got to have a marriage at the end of it and you've got to live it and that's what we do, you know, day to day we live our marriage and it's, it's nice that we have that shared experience of our wedding and it was a lovely time for us, but we also have had many other shared experiences which have been really happy and we've had some that haven't been so happy, but we get through them because we stick together.
0: Yeah, 100%. And I think that's where we'll end. Yeah this show our anniversary show on the day of our anniversary
1: happy anniversary happy
0: anniversary to you too brother (laughs) um just a couple of little points um i want to say a big rest in peace shout to swami Mami, who was one of my most loyal supporters who passed away a year ago this week and um she was there for me from day one of my career swami barakas and always used to support everything i put out musically radio appearances festivals and gigs she went to come see me at tea in the park in scotland such a lovely lady absolutely amazing lady it's been a year since she's passed away and i think she would have loved this show you know and it's a shame never she never got a chance have. to listen to it because she you know she said speak to both of us She used to also uh comment on your things on yeah, twitter and things as well so lovely an amazing soul and again we talk about this show and and culture and you know she was a white lady from scotland who absolutely loved british asian music and its culture yeah and supported it throughout. And it's, uh, I, I still miss her. Um, and I'm still in touch with her family. Her grandson, Dan, who are messaging the other day, coming up the anniversary of her passing. Um, a lovely lady. And, you know, one that is sorely missed.
1: Yes, very much so.
0: You know? Um, but I also want to big up a gentleman by the name of Charanpreet Singh Lal, who is the first guardsman to wear a turban at Trooping the Colour in its 250-year history. Big up. Big up. Charanpreet Singh Lal. And a lot of people are like, oh, but why is he wearing a turban? He should be wearing bear skin like everybody else.
1: Why do you have to kill a bear to wear a hat?
0: Exactly. Why? There's thousands of bears. You know, it takes one bear for every hat. No way. It's no joke. It's absolutely horrific. It's brutal. And, you know, this uniform and all these kind of things. When are we going to get over this kind of barbaric activity. Surely in
1: this day and age, they can just do faux fur that looks really convincingly like the good, the real stuff.
0: Absolutely. You know, why Why are they killing thousands of bears to accommodate? And they're not even using those in battle. These are just there for trooping the color and just to protect the Queen outside her regiments.
1: Well, well done, Charon Preet.
0: Yeah, big up, Charanpreet. Um, You know, because, you know, we were talking about World War I and World War II. Hundreds and thousands of Sikh soldiers all wore the turbans during that time. Yeah. You know, nothing changes today you know so big up Charanpreet singh lal the first guardsman to wear a turban our troop in the color but anyway that's the end of this week's show our anniversary special we will catch you again next week for more zaniness so to all my brothers out there big up yourselves mm-hmm. i'm swami barakas
1: and i'm jojo b and
0: we'll see you next week people see you peace